and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And Penny, you know what I was thinking today? I was thinking it has been a while since I have talked about monsters. Oh. <laughs> uh, y'all know I am a big old monster nerd, and I know we've we've chatted about a lot of things within the kind of umbrella of my special interest of the 60s monster craze. Uh, we've talked about the Addams Family and the Munsters and horror hosts and the one thing, the one little kind of element within this that I feel like we haven't really discussed yet is monster magazines. Ooh. So I wanted to delve into the history of these a little bit and why they happened, where they came from, what their prevalence is today. Oh, I'm very intrigued. I don't think I know anything about monster magazines. Ooh, yay. I get to bring the weird stuff this yeah. time. <laughs> Uh, so we'll kind of start with, yeah, where these began. Um, even though the monster craze was pretty American, (laughs) um, the first horror film magazine was actually a British publication, which, uh, not completely surprising because Hammer Horror was, you know, a British film house. Um, but Screen Chills appeared in 1957, uh, but it only had one issue. (laughs) And uh, it's pretty pretty widely forgotten, unfortunately, uh, in the history of Monster Mags. And I even tried to find more information about what the setup of the magazine was and what was in it. And there's really no information about it except, mm. like, old copies for sale and a couple pictures of the cover. And likely the reason that it was kind of forgotten so quickly is because it was eclipsed by the hugely successful magazine that came out the next year. So if you are familiar with monster magazines, you may, uh, you probably know the famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. This launched in February of 1958 from publisher James Warren and editor Forrest J. Ackerman. Um, This was initially supposed to be a like one shot publication and they were this was a quote that i found to be funny for some reason uh aimed at being the monster movie version of playboy (laughs) (laughs) i'm into that right um but of course as we've talked about in previous episodes this 1958 slot is like right when the shock theater surge was happening and everybody's into monsters so sales were very high um, and it was very quickly decided that the magazine was going to become a regular publication. So it ends up being published uh, from 1958 until 1983. Oh, wow. With, yeah, with 191 issues, sort of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more on that later, but uh, we'll call it 191 for the time. So a uh, little bit of background information about Forrest J. Ackerman, the, the editor of Famous Monsters that I mentioned. Um, so this man is extremely fascinating to me. Um, he was a, a writer and he had like a lot of things going for him, but he was also just kind of an independently wealthy collector. Nice. The and, dream. The right. Dream. 
Um, and he had an 18 room home called the Acker Mansion <laughs> uh, that contained over 300,000 books and pieces of horror and science fiction memorabilia. Dang. So he had this like huge private home collection. Uh, there are tours of it on YouTube that you can find. I would highly recommend checking these out. It's fascinating. Uh, it's also bizarre because like these are really big pieces of film history and a lot of them are just like sitting like they're on shelves they're not like haphazardly displayed but they're just kind of all like stuck yeah. around <laughs> like around. It, it's it's bizarre it, it's so crazy cool though um and from 1951 to, up to 2002 ackerman was open like open housing his home to fans like if people would come through he would show it like a museum which is wild i mean i guess if you're gonna do that like if you're gonna yeah. <laughs> go to the trouble of collecting everything um but he also is supposedly kind of credited with inventing the idea of cosplay at the first world science fiction convention in 1939 mm. um and then He's also credited as coining the term sci-fi. Man, this guy was all over it. Really, like, interesting person. He has a, a lot going on. Um, and so they did something really smart with this magazine where, because he had this, like, huge private collection, they had access to th stills and things that were not readily available to the public. And so they began publishing famous monsters. Uh, they also did something really smart where they, rather than making this like a hard hitting, deep film analysis, like mm -hmm. journalistic piece, they aimed the writing at adolescents and preteens. So it was really like fun and campy and just full of like atrocious puns. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, right, right up our alley. Um, and that kind of set the tone for all future of monster magazines for a lot of people this was their first look into filmmaking and horror in general and it was massively influential to a lot of future directors and writers um, i know steven spielberg has talked about this as like kind of a gateway drug for him and if i'm not mistaken i believe when we were at midsummer scream uh kevin williamson from scream actually uh talked about this being kind of a yeah. starting point for him as well i, I know so. one of one of the three of them brought up famous monsters and i'm mm -hmm. pretty sure it was kevin um i know it wasn't brian because that's when he talked about monster cereal <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so it was either him or michael but um uh, yeah so it it also just has a huge this magazine has a huge place in horror history in the sense that it gets a lot of people interested in what is behind making the movies uh, it is interesting, though, I, I found a lot when reading about this, that there was also a lot of criticism about not just the magazines, but just kind of this media type mm -hmm. in general, including like the horror hosts as well, that people saw this as like infantilizing the genre <laughs> and mm -hmm. making it something for kids and not because like how modern people are like, it's corrupting the youth, yeah. not even not even for that reason, like people were upset that the genre was being like minimized to yeah something like for these children. are my big boy monster movies <laughs> exactly yeah I'm, I'm a big boy and i love the monsters um 
But I, I find that interesting that we kind of, even here in the early 60s, start to see the roots of where I feel like the genre is kind of at right now, with a lot of folks striving for this, like, elevated, highbrow mm-hmm. horror yeah. and trying to to make it... Uh, something that I I think it can be that but I think like there's a really fine line between like infantile and camp and I think a lot of people don't know what camp is yeah for sure (laughs) um but horror still I mean is something very linked to like the adolescent experience I think and so that's very interesting that this is kind of where this begins So there's another figure I want to talk about as well, another person involved in the making of these magazines. And um, one of my favorite things about them is the stunning cover art. And Famous Monsters um, covers were almost entirely done by an artist named Basil Gogos. And he was an American illustrator. And he did all the monster portraits on the covers of the 60s and 70s issues. And to me he is like what tim jacobus was for goosebumps (laughs) Uh, the art is like so bright so arresting so specific like it just really sucks you in and i i would collect these magazines i would love to actually i would love to be a collector of these magazines um and just frame them for the covers honestly even without any of the the inside goodness they're so so pretty Um, yeah I'm, i'm looking i'm looking at pictures now and they are very cool yeah aren't they neat so shout out to Basil. You did a great job, bud. Uh, but speaking of the inside, what was on the inside? What's in there? What's in there? Uh, I found a clip from an original, one of the first of the first couple of the, the publications that came out. And I would just like to read this if that's <laughs> if everyone would like to go on this ride with me, because it really sets the tone for these magazines. <laughs> <clears throat> Welcome, monster lovers. You're stuck. The stuff this magazine is printed on, which looks so much like ordinary black printer's ink, is actually glue. All all caps. You cannot put this magazine down. (laughs) Hard as you may struggle, it is impossible. Like a zombie, you have no will of your own. For this unique magazine bears the fatal fascination of beauty for the beast, of monsters for the maiden's fair, and monster makers unfair. Did your last date call you a monster? (laughs) Mm. Do your friends think you're horrible? On Halloween, do they say, take off that mask, Frankenstein, and you're not even wearing a mask? (laughs) Wives, do you consider your husband to be a Jekyll and Hyde? Husbands, do you sometimes wish you were the invisible man? Everybody, all caps again. Do you know all the faces of Frankenstein? About Lon Chaney's 180 pictures? How many quarts of blood did Bella Lugosi drink in Dracula? And 10,000 other amazing facts about fantastic monsters? Uh, so this is the vibe. <laughs> I, I love it. We're, we're, um, going, we're going all in. We need to start advertising the podcast like that, Midge. Yeah, and it's like... It's too much, and I love that. Like, yes. <laughs> it, it walked up to the line, it perceived the line, and then it, like, t- jumped over it. Yes. Uh, it's so stupid and campy, and I, I adore it. So, uh, but that that's what's inside. It's this kind of campy, goofy, but also very factual. Like, I, that last sentence, they are talking about the fun facts behind the films. Yeah, 10,000 facts. 10,000 amazing facts. Um, 
but they are showing like i said these screenshot not screenshots that doesn't exist yet but <laughs> um stills, stills from behind the scenes of artists putting makeup on the monsters how they do the the prosthetics how they're doing uh different effects and uh it's honestly very very cool and i'm still to this day an absolute slut for a practical effect so seeing yes. the the behind the scenes on this is is really something very cool yeah, I mean, we we get to see so much behind the scenes these days, right? You know, with being able to have like social media or even like you know a DVD featurette back in the day. Uh, oh, I loved. So, <laughs> definite. I, I was such a like nerd for the oh, yeah. the bonus features on a DVD set, um, and that's what yeah, that's exactly what this is pre that. Uh, yes. It's Google before Google. You couldn't just like search, you know creature from the black lagoon makeup question mark like pictures of lon cheney and frankenstein <laughs> right um so it, it was a big deal it was giving people that look behind the curtain so uh warren publications also released several other things under the the same umbrella they did a yearbook or a fear book, as it was called <laughs> occasionally, um, for Famous Monsters each year, recapping the best of the year's issues. They also had uh, a couple other, mag well, several other magazines, but a couple that were more popular than others. Um, the one in particular, the, the Dick Smith Do-It-Yourself Monster Makeup Handbook, and this one had like step-by-step -step photo guides showing you how to create uh, monsters on your your face. Mm. <laughs> um, Makeup to... tutorial. Exactly the the OG YouTube beauty influencer. <laughs> I have to um, I have to out myself a little bit here. Something I did a lot as a child. Um, we used to go to the public library. And we would rent this VHS called Party Makeup. And I watched it no less than 7,000 times. Like, I was constantly, like, making my parents re-check re out this video for me. Was, and it this, was, was this, like, costume party makeup? Or, like, just, like, looking beautiful makeup? Oh, no, costume. Okay, yeah, just checking. It was, like, yeah, no, like, showing you how to turn yourself into a witch, a vampire. Oh, man. But it was, like, made in the late 70s or early 80s. It was, like, an infomercial bad, like, just terrible, you know, quality. Um, but that was my version of Dick Smith's Do-It-Yourself. Because <laughs> uh, I... Uh, I, I I would have loved this as a kid. I was constantly trying to figure out how to like turn myself into to weird and wonderful, fantastic monsters. And look at you now. And look at me now. Uh, I am a monster permanently. <laughs> a weird and fantastic monster. <laughs> uh, they also released these kind of like one-off picture story magazines. And there was one that I found researching that I was very drawn to that was called like Horror beach party madness mm. and it was like um these were kind of mixing the like monster smut a little bit with with the horror so it's like a lot of bikini babes like oh no mr monster man oh, uh, no. really really fun illustrations and just like they were one-off stories of of horror about a monster taking over different you know locales a <laughs> <laughs> uh, lot a lot of fun uh, this, 
I'm excited to share. So in 1963, the magazine loaned its name to an album called Famous Monsters Speak. Ooh. And it was uh, a, like a little LP featuring horror stories written by Cherny Berg. That's someone's name. Cherny Berg. Cherny Berg. Um, and the the stories were told by the voices of the monsters done by done by a voice actor so fun fact about this when miranda was visiting me in kansas city a few weeks ago we went to a record store here and we found this vinyl and i bought it hey uh and i just at the time i thought it was like bizarre i saw it and i was like i have no clue i, I have no concept for what it was um and I, I just saw monsters and I was like, yeah, check, check. <laughs> um, but then when I was researching, I saw the cover and I was like, oh my God, I have that. <laughs> uh, I have not listened to it yet. Cause I just got it a, a couple weeks ago, but I, and now I will definitely be listening to it. I'm so excited that I, I have a piece of famous monsters of filmland history. It was uh, meant to be. It was meant to be. So shout out to Miranda also because she definitely found it first and then like <laughs> I showed it to me and I was like, oh, I want to buy that. that. And she was like, here you go. I was like, oh, wait, did you want it? She's like, it's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a real trooper. A real, a real pal. Uh, so that was 1963. In 1964, Warren and Ackerman tried to publish a spinoff magazine called Monster World. Mm. Um, it was literally the exact same magazine, basically, but under <laughs> another title. So it pretty much flopped. Yeah. Uh, so they axed it after only 10 issues. And then this was funny. They do, they do this like sneaky little thing. So remember at the beginning when I said that Famous Monsters had 191 issues, sort of? Yes. Uh, well, they decided to just go ahead and skip 10 issues, uh, issue numbers of Famous Monsters oh. of Filmland to get closer to their 100th volume <laughs> <laughs> issue. And they were basically like, well, Monster World counted as those 10 issues. Sorry, guys. All right. Uh just what (laughs) yeah i'm sure everybody was like okay maybe we should do our our 100th episode next week mitch yeah (laughs) it's here Uh, yeah well i think that's perfect well uh we should do we'll say that snark cast was the there yeah counted as the other like 30 episodes and we'll, we'll throw in a couple of your videos those are close enough yeah perfect we're we're there we're present I will say uh, Monster World has a really cool holiday issue of it. Uh, there, like I said, there were only 10, but one of them happened to be published around the holidays. And uh, it's this really cool, like, peacocky green cover with Frankenstein in a Santa suit. Ooh. And then it has, like, pink font and says something about, like, have a have a cool Yule with a ghoul. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I would like to find that issue and just frame it. I think it's really, really cute. That's pretty great. So there were a lot of, much like anything that is good, there were a lot of publications that tried to rip the mm-hmm. famous Monsters of Filmland idea. and Including themselves. <laughs> Including Monster World. Um, yeah, don't rip off your own product. Or do, maybe that's smart business. I don't know. Apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> um, but 
pretty like immediately after they started seeing success there were a lot of copycats there was monster parade um this one included comic strips and fiction stories alongside the movie coverage but it only lasted for four issues and then had two follow-up issues of the same magazine but called monsters and things (laughs) uh there was also 1962's (laughs) fantastic monsters of films okay totally not a not a rip at all um but they did aim their writing at a more mature audience and they actually this was the one that kind of had a lot like had a pretty good success rate Unfortunately, while they were printing their eighth issue, they had a huge fire, which there was a part of me reading this. I was like, that's that's suspicious. Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> um, but they unfortunately, like, not only did they lose the issue they were working on, but they were in like the publishing warehouse that had all these like irreplaceable film stills and things uh, because this magazine also had a a collector behind it um and he I, I totally forgot to write down what his his name but he was like a semi-famous rock star from that era so he had money and he had like much like ackerman had precious you know film memorabilia um that was destroyed in that fire and then the publication pretty much fell to complete non-existence wah, after wah, that wah. that's um, a bummer yeah, sorry, Fantastic Monsters of Films. Maybe you shouldn't steal people's names. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't happen. Uh, um, but there were, yeah, tons. There's uh, like Castle of Frankenstein. There was a, there was one that was, uh, it's like Monsters to Make You Laugh. And it was done by Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and the covers were monsters with like funny, quote, funny captions (laughs) like speech bubbles um but they a lot of these magazines what they did not do that film uh filmland was doing so well is that a lot of these magazines ended up focusing a lot more on Mm sci-fi um like castle of frankenstein ended up basically becoming a star trek fan (laughs) uh later in its publication years and so none of them were truly like dedicating to horror the way uh, famous monsters was so they were the ones that really withstood the test of time until unfortunately um warren the publisher got ill uh, in the 80s and after that ackerman kind of stepped away because the organization uh like the put togetherness not yeah. the organization but, uh, the the thing but the put togetherness of it uh just kind of fell to crap and so they stopped publishing it um but these magazines like i said really paved the way for current horror publication news and end up kind of being the precursor to publications like fangoria mm-hmm. uh now which is the, the the big one i think most of us think of when we think horror news um, but I also, while we're here, I wanted to mention a few indie publications, uh, Ooh, commu- yes. community publications of, of the now. We're going to talk about some some current horror stuff going on. So uh, specifically, one I think is very cool. A uh, friend of the show, Ashlita, hey. started publishing a really cool magazine last year um, through her Halloween coalition group called Peekaboo for the Sophisticated Ghoul. 
and uh, it's like a mashup of, which I thought this was cool, and I'm sure she knew this because she's smart, <laughs> but it is like a mashup of a 60s Playboy and a Famous Monsters of Filmland yeah. magazine, which now I understand that was kind of what they were going for, uh, even though it wasn't. They sexy. Yeah. yeah, they weren't doing sexy. They, I mean, they were doing bikini girls being chased by monsters, but um, so... In Ashley's magazine, all the pinups in the magazine are like doing some kind of take on a monster, and it's really, really beautiful photography, super cool makeup, styling is gorgeous, um, and then there's a ton of great articles in it as well. Um, and if you have interest, I do know that at this time she is currently taking submissions for the next publication of this magazine. Mm. Uh, so follow Ashleyda and Halloween Coalition on Instagram for more information about. This publication and if you want to submit articles or what have you you can submit those proposals right now it's uh really cool i don't think anybody i mean like i said obviously fangoria but like i don't think anybody's doing something like this that's so niche and really based in the the kind of og flavor of it yeah for sure <laughs> um, it's really really cool and then of course i not really horror or monsters but i do have to shout out our friend miranda spooky little halloween also produces an awesome halloween magazine and quarterly zine that you can check out um so fun so fun and i just i'm gonna derail because of who i am as a person but i I honestly just love print media and i'm I think that we need more of it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's nice. Having something that you can like hold is very, it's that shared experience of like, you know, like when stranger things happened and they only released the first half. And so we had for the first time in a very long time, because TV isn't like episodic anymore. <laughs> like we all had that communal experience of talking about the thing we all watched and like waiting for the next part yeah. and being left on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. together. Like, those kind of communal experiences are dwindling so much in the age of technology and having like a print thing that we all get this shared moment of like, Ooh, we all got the publication when it came out this week and now we all get to read it and talk about it together is just so fun and cool. Uh, So support indie publications, please. Please. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of bringing it back, Interestingly, the famous Monsters of Filmland brand has been purchased <gasps> by the frontman of Slipknot, Corey right. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was, uh, I wasn't ready for that. Um, but it's exciting. He actually plans to relaunch the magazine as oh, cool. a biannual or annual, they haven't decided yet, um, publication. So it won't be as frequent as the original, but still very cool. And he also plans to put the Famous Monsters brand on toys, films, and cons and festivals. Um, so I read an interview with him where he was talking about doing like a Famous Monsters con that would more or less celebrate um kind of the legacy of Forrest Ackerman and mm-hmm. that they would have kind of a traveling museum that would pay homage to the Ackermansion. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and uh but he was also talking about kind of doing a generational like transfer of both honoring the original monsters but then the monsters that he grew up with like Freddy and Michael and Jason mm-hmm. and kind of connecting the 
the generational monster gap there. So uh, I, I don't know. I think this could be really cool. Uh, he just broke this news at Son of Monster Palooza this past October. So this is pretty fresh out the gate. Um, but I really hope that they they do it justice and that they kind of keep the original feel of the, the magazine. Um, he also mentioned that they are going to release every back issue of famous monsters of film land they're going to digitize it and make them available to read online for free so uh if you're not previously familiar with these magazines and uh obviously you know print things fall apart and are hard to preserve if you don't do it on purpose so i'm sure that there aren't a ton of copies of these out there anymore um so this is going to be a great opportunity to familiarize yourself with this uh this little niche area of monster history if you if you are interested so i look forward to learning thousands and thousands of more facts (laughs) tens of thousands tens of of thousands of facts (laughs) (laughs) thanks Corey taylor thanks slipknot uh but yeah that is a very uh i would say a very reader's digest yes (laughs) (laughs) history of monster magazines we could do and if if this is something that interests uh any of y'all listening let me know because we could do a deep dive too into the like the magazines that flopped and the weird ones that came out and there's a whole another 30 minute session of things we could talk about to this so Mm. um but yeah thanks for letting me talk more to you about monsters because anytime (laughs) i get the chance i'm excited it's always a good time yeah i like when I looked at the covers, I was like, okay, like I recognize some of these images, but mm-hmm. um, wasn't was not really familiar um, with with the the publication. So I'm I'm glad to learn a new monster. I learned new monster facts today from you, Midge. I am... maybe not ten thousand, but like probably <laughs> at least like ten. <laughs> I am the uh, the mini zine of famous <laughs> monsters of Filmland. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, if, if you are enjoying listening to this podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating wherever you listen. Uh, that really helps us reach new audiences and let us know that we're doing a good job. Uh, we don't have any fresh reviews to read for you today. So if you have been thinking about it and you haven't gotten around to it, be sure to drop that review right now. <laughs> right now right now right now uh and if you have or haven't left a review uh you can still check out ghouls night in merch um at our merch store midgemonster.com slash shop and get all sorts of cool and comfy stuff to show how much you love the spooky pod we appreciate it and definitely tag us uh when you receive your stuff we love to see it yeah. And uh, give us a follow over on Instagram at Ghouls Night in Pod for more information and uh, to see fun pictures from things we talk about on the episodes. Uh, we have some very exciting stuff on the threshold for Ghouls Night in, and you are not going to want to miss it. So mm-hmm. be sure yes. to follow us over there and uh, subscribe to the pod so that you are keeping up with all the, the hot goss as it comes and if you are looking for me, you can find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And you can find me at Penny Snark. And until next time. Goodbye. Good-